I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in the future of work. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Labor Day, which is the day that this episode goes live, is celebrated on the first Monday of September in the United States, and it is more than just a three-day weekend marking the unofficial end of summer. In fact, it carries a rich history that echoes the struggles, the victories, and the aspirations of the American workforce. As we honor the past on this day, we also have the opportunity to draw valuable lessons from history that can guide us in shaping the future of work. Today, we're taking a look at the history of Labor Day in the U.S. and exploring how its lessons can inform a more equitable, innovative, and sustainable approach to work. Labor Day is not just an American holiday, however. The specific date and observance of Labor Day varies from country to country, but it is a day to celebrate the hard work and the contributions of workers really around the world. Now, the origins of Labor Day in the United States trace back to the late 19th century, a time of rapid industrialization and significant labor unrest. In the late 1800s, workers were subjected to grueling hours, dangerous conditions, and low wages. Meanwhile, the owners of the companies that those laborers worked for were often getting quite wealthy, literally on the backs of the workers. The labor movement fought to improve working conditions and wages, and today workers have many more rights and protections than they did prior to that time. As the labor movement gained momentum, workers began organizing strikes and protests to demand better working conditions and fair treatment. One of the pivotal events that paved the way for Labor Day was the Haymarket Incident of 1886. A peaceful labor protest in Chicago, which was advocating for an eight-hour workday, turned violent when a bomb exploded, resulting in casualties among both the police and the protesters. This event marked a real turning point in the labor movement and inspired a call for a National Labor Day to honor workers. Now, this was such a pivotal moment in the labor movement that many countries celebrate that specific day, May 1st, the day that the Haymarket incident took place. They celebrate that as their Labor Day. In fact, as many as 160 countries celebrate it as International Workers Day on May 1st every year. Now, in the United States, the first Labor Day was celebrated on September 5th in 1882 in New York City, and it was organized by the Central Labor Union. It was intended to be a demonstration of the strength and solidarity of labor unions and their members. And on that particular day, a march across the city of New York was organized. You could think of it as a parade, but it was much more of a protest march, and it ended in a park where the protesters had a picnic lunch. 
The event was organized to highlight the need for better working conditions, fair wages, and a shorter work week. It's important to note that most of the people who marched that day took the day off from work without permission and could have been fired merely for their absence from work that day. That's how important it was to them. Now, as the idea of a national labor holiday gained traction in the United States in the coming months and coming years, more and more states began to recognize Labor Day. However, it wasn't until a full two years later in 1894 that Labor Day was officially designated a federal holiday. And that happened following the Pullman strike. So this is a rich piece of American history. I'm so much more interested in American history now than I ever was when I was a student, but here is what went down. On May 11th, 1894, employees of the Pullman Palace Car Company in Chicago, this is the company that invented the sleeper cars on railways. So the employees of the Pullman Company went on strike to protest wage cuts and the firing of union representatives. So Pullman, which is now a neighborhood in Chicago, at that time was a town outside of Chicago, and it was a company town. A company town is a town in which practically all the stores and housing and so on are owned by one company who is also the major employer. So they set up a factory and then they build the town around it to go with it. So the Pullman Palace Car Company ran the town. They cut workers' wages but they didn't lower anyone's rent, those stinkers. They were really putting the squeeze on employees and they were really trying to make an extra buck on literally on the backs of the employees. So the town of Pullman was entirely company owned. It provided housing, stores, a library, churches, and even entertainment for the 6,000 employees who worked for Pullman and their dependents. So um, 12,000 or upwards lived there. Employees were not required to live in Pullman, but they did get better treatment if they opted to live there. Isn't that rather bizarre? You would get special treatment if you lived in the company town. Sheesh. I mean, right there, we can see how the labor movement made the world a better and more fair place. Anyway, back to our history lesson. On June 26th, as the strike was still going on, remember, we're now like six weeks into the strike. The American Railroad Union, led by Eugene Debs, joined the strike and called for a boycott of all Pullman railway cars. So the American railroad workers refused to handle any Pullman cars, bringing freight and passenger traffic to a halt all around Chicago. Tens of thousands of workers walked off the job in solidarity with the Pullman workers. Wildcat strikes broke out. That's when people go on strike without any advanced planning. So work stopped at lots of other places with harsh working conditions as well. And by the end of June, 100,000 railroad workers had joined the strike. Now, the railroad getting into the mix severely disrupted the rail traffic throughout the entire Midwest, not just Chicago. And there was no sign of reaching an agreement. So in early July, to break the strike, the federal government dispatched troops to Chicago. This was not well received. And to try to control these angry crowds, the federal troops fired on them. And that unleashed a huge wave of riots that resulted in the deaths of more than a dozen workers. And a particularly rough day during that period was July 7th, when hundreds of boxcars and coal cars were looted and burned. Now, during this crisis, President Grover Cleveland signed a bill into law declaring Labor Day as a national holiday. 
It was definitely a political maneuver, not only as a gesture to the labor movement, but also, as some historians note, President Grover Cleveland was afraid of losing the support of the working class voters. So right in the midst of this, as an attempt to try to quell the strike, Labor Day turns into a thing. Now, the U.S. federal government selected the first Monday in September rather than the more radical date of May 1st, back to that Haymarket incident, as the date for Labor Day. Remember, again, a lot of other countries celebrate May 1st as the Labor Day, but it was a political maneuver to put it in September instead of to recognize that radical day of May 1st. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. All right, now, as we stand at the crossroads of a rapidly evolving work landscape, let's pull some lessons from the past, from Labor Day, so that this important part of our history can serve as a compass for our future. So what can we learn from the past to help us inform the present and the future? Well, first of all, collective action drives change. The history of Labor Day underscores the power of collective action. The labor movement was built on the unity of workers who stood together to demand better conditions. The spirit of solidarity reminds us that positive change often requires that collaboration, shared goals, and a collective voice. And as I'm recording this episode, just shortly before Labor Day, the Writers Guild of America is on strike and has been on strike for the past several months. The writers are striking for several reasons. Chief among them are wages and technology. The wage issue comes down to the residuals or the royalty payments of streaming services. So how much the writers get paid every time a show that they wrote gets streamed. Not enough money is their position. So it's a wage issue. Another reason they're striking has to do with technology. Writers want reassurance that artificial intelligence will not be used to replace them. They're advocating that AI be used to help with the research process and that it's okay for AI to be used to create script ideas, but that AI not be used to replace the actual writing. So right here, we have an example of both wages and ethics with technology, really not so different from the past. All right, another chief lesson that we can learn is about fair treatment and work-life balance. The early labor movement fought for fundamental rights like fair wages, reasonable working hours, safe working conditions. These principles continue to resonate today as the nature of our work evolves. The gig economy and remote work have introduced new challenges such as blurred boundaries between work life and personal life, what hours we work, how much we work, and Labor Day prompts us to reflect on the importance of maintaining a healthy work-life balance 
and ensuring that workers' rights are upheld in all work arrangements. Another thing we can take from Labor Day and the history of Labor Day is ethical technology integration. So the advent of all the technology that we have at our disposal today offers unprecedented opportunities, but of course, it also raises ethical concerns. So the future of work really does need to prioritize the responsible and equitable integration of technology, ensuring that it enhances our human capabilities rather than replacing us. So fostering an environment where employees can advocate for their rights and well-meaning remains crucial. Uh, we can certainly see this in the Writers Guild strike that I was just referring to. Another great lesson from the past is about innovation and adaptation. So the history of labor is a story about adapting to change. Technological advancements and shifts in the economy have transformed industries and jobs over time. From the Industrial Revolution to the digital age, workers have consistently had to learn new skills and adapt to emerging trends. And embracing innovation while providing avenues for upskilling and reskilling can absolutely ensure that the workforce remains agile and competitive in the face of change. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm always talking about how leaders and employees alike need to stay on top of the latest changes in the landscape so as to not get left behind. So Labor Day stands as a tribute to the sweat, tears, and dedication of the American workforce and the lives lost in the process of making a more fair and just workplace well over a century ago. Beyond the barbecues and the parades, Labor Day offers profound insights that can guide us toward the future of work that is characterized by fairness, ethical use of innovation, and resilience. By heeding the lessons of the past, we can build a work environment that honors the past while embracing the challenges and the opportunities of today and tomorrow. Remember, the future of work is not only about technology. It's about the values that we uphold. It's about the communities that we build and the sustainable growth that we strive for. We need to keep exploring, keep innovating, and keep envisioning the remarkable possibilities that lie ahead. As always, stay curious, stay informed, and stay ahead of the curve. Tune in next Monday for another insightful exploration of the trends shaping our professional world. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.